Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for your first round of golf of the year at the 32nd Annual 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Returning to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 24th through Sunday, February 26th. This year's show includes free lessons from the PGA professionals, thousands of name brand golf apparel items, discounted especially for the show, and your chance to sink a putt for $100,000. Plus so much more. Tickets and more information at minnesotagolfshow.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. There we go. Reckless speculation. There we go. Sorry, my uh, my button bar was not properly turned on here. Had to had to mad rush set my wow. equipment this morning. Been a we tough thought, week, technically. We thought the movers were coming today to pick up all uh, of our stuff for our uh, journey back to Minnesota. But they're now they're coming tomorrow, and so old Macadac had to scramble this morning to set his studio back up so we could speculate recklessly with you guys. We don't want to hear the excuses, okay? <laughs> you either show up to play or you don't show up, okay? You know, I was Sorry. packing. I put my stuff away. The I'm in a bar. walking boot right now, too. I don't know if you guys know. <laughs> Maya ate the button bar. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. This is Reckless Speculation Thursday here on Mackie and Judd. We bring in our friend from the five eyewitness news sports team and also uh, the Scoop podcast. He is Darren Doogie Wolfson. Inside information and speculation about our Minnesota sports teams. Hello, Doogie. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. What do you know about the Vikings defensive coordinator situation? Ejiro Evero is set to, and by the way, he hasn't interviewed yet with the Vikings, uh, but he's going to sit down. He's currently technically the defensive coordinator for the Broncos. Him and Sean Payton are going to sit down today and basically decide, is there a path forward here? And if there's not, maybe he jumps into the Vikings mix. Absolutely. Hello, Phil. Hello, Judd. Hello, Declan. Phil, I'm absolutely questioning your dedication to reckless speculation Thursday, like you really <laughs> truly scheduled movers to show up uh, potentially on a Thursday to yep. derail. It's a fair point. This fair segment point. now the yep. show goes on whether you're here or not. But I know, I know. Like, where's the dedication? Like, wouldn't you schedule well, the movers to come they, they, on a Friday, yeah, not a Phil? Thursday? Well, no, they only do. So they do the, the company that we're using is like a. And by the way, we're moving halfway across the country, obviously. So it's you know sure. sometimes the timing is. They gave us a 48-hour window. You think the cable companies are bad. The cable companies are like, ah, sometime between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. The moving companies are apparently (laughs) like, sometime between, like, (laughs) Tuesday and next Monday, we'll just show up with a truck. 
And so we're just kind of at the mercy of whenever they want to show up and take our stuff. Well, I'm grateful that things were able to come together, that you are here on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. Onavera, yeah, the Vikings would need to seek out permission from Denver, so he's still under contractual control with the Broncos. So the Vikings need to get permission on a lateral move, but... Judd and I first broached this topic on Tuesday. We then hit it harder on Channel 5, 650 on Tuesday night. Then on a national level, Kevin Seifert, based here locally, but with the national platform of ESPN, tossed out the Vikings' connection to Averro on Wednesday. So that's why we're in a holding pattern. That's why I've been saying going back, I believe, to last Thursday, but certainly to Tuesday, that I just didn't sense any sort of hire was imminent, that a hire was on the cusp it was pointing back to Avero connections with Kevin O'Connell. I'm just looking through some text message chains here. I first brought up the name via text on January 20th. Somebody close to Avero finally got back to me. Well, a couple different times, but most recently got back to me on Tuesday afternoon where I just opined via text. Hey, Avero to the Vikings just makes too much sense. Oh, wait, this we individual have, said, we have, guess we have what? More news to Whoa. It does make sense. Ooh, what do we have? I don't have Twitter Okay, over. this is a domino that, that impacts the Vikings. So oh. Adam Schefter just tweeted, after speaking with multiple teams about their defensive coordinator positions, Vic Fangio has decided to join the Dolphins as their defensive coordinator and will officially accept the position uh, to the Miami staff after the Super Bowl. So there was thought that maybe, despite the awkwardness of it, he would go back to Denver under Sean Payton's watch. That's not happening now, so it makes it more likely that Ivero might stick around. He's well-liked in that building. So the, the Fangio domino, I think, triggers the Ivero domino. If Ivero stays with the Broncos, then do you have any idea how the Vikings rank? the? It seems to me like Flores and Ivero are their top two choices. If it was Sean Desai, they would have already hired him, cause, right? Because, like, well, maybe, He's looking to but be a coordinator. I heard what Judd has heard that Desai impressed in his interview. What I feel confident about, even though he did get an interview, that Mike Petton, like I'll just, I'll be flat out very, very surprised if Mike Petton gets the title of defensive coordinator. But I won't sit here right now, Phil, and completely dismiss the idea of hiring Sean Desai. I still deep down. Like, I get it, Sean Payton, Vic Fangio have this relationship. But was Vic really going back to Denver? I know. That just would have been really, really weird. Plus, the word is the Dolphins are making him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the game. Small world, by the way. A lot of these coaches are represented by the same, like, five individuals. Well, the same individual has Vic Fangio and has Averro. So don't sleep on the power of the agent in this situation. I think the important thing, though, uh, to, to keep it in mind, because there feels like there's an impatience from fans about, you know, they're losing out on everybody. They're not going to get their guy. No. They're doing this right this time. Like the Donatel thing should have taught you a lesson, which is, you know, they, they became convinced that uh, that Ed was going to be good because Ed knew Vic and Ed could put in the system. And they learned the lesson that that's not necessarily true. I would far rather have them, especially for a position like this, go through a tedious, what seems to be almost bogged down process to talk to as many people as they feel necessary to try to land on the right guy. 
So like I I prefer this to going out and be and and trying to say we got a guy that knows Vic Fangio system and this is perfect. So like I I do think that the impatience of fans in this case is misplaced. The Vikings searched this time to me for this position in particular, which by the way is akin to assistant head coach defense. Because Kevin O'Connell cannot pay complete attention and that cost the Vikings. I think the Vikings are doing a far better job this time around of trying to get this right as opposed to just trying to get it done. Well, I mean, they are, but like it's February 2nd. Happy Groundhog Day, by the way. Like, yeah. there's no reason Probably to rush into a hire. Like, right. what is the reasoning in hiring somebody February 1st or February 2nd compared to February 25th? Like, I hope... I get it. I mean, you're going to have some irrational fans, but I just I would hope that most people would understand, hey, there is a process here. There is absolutely no reason to rush into a hire in early February. Yeah. Yeah, and this they, these candidates are are very interesting, right? Brian Flores and Doogie, we were kind of looking to and Brian Flores has never been a coordinator, but he but he coordinated under Belichick cuz they have weird job titles. He ran obviously ran the show in Miami as a head coach for 3 years. If they hire either Donatel, or I'm sorry, either Flores or um, Ivero, and you look at the aggressiveness of those defenses, the 2022 Broncos defense, one of the most blitz-heavy defenses in the league, the Dolphins' defense is under Flores. They blitz down like 40% of snaps. So maybe it's a coincidence, but it, it's very obvious that they're looking to be more aggressive with this next hire. You can't just run a 3-4 defense and sit back and play off coverage. But personnel is going to play a role, too, because I think Donatel would tell you, well, hell yeah, I wanted to do some more things on defense, but, you know, I got a bunch of 31-year-old linebackers running around. I got, you know, Patrick Peterson's great, but he's 32 years old. He's not going to play press coverage for, you know, 50% of the snap. So I, I can see we're talking a lot about schematically being more aggressive, and that's a fact, but they have to make some major changes personnel-wise here, too, in the next five or six weeks. When does that process start? When could we start seeing like trade rumors about Dalvin Cook on the offensive side or Eric Kendricks, you know, being cut off the roster, saving cap money? When does that stuff start, do you think? Well, I mean, we'll start to hear some buzz on that as we get to the combine here. What, late February into early March before the start of the league year, mid-March. But, you know, there's even dialogue taking place right now in Mobile. You know, you think about all the general managers down there and including Quasi Adolfo Mensa, right? I mean, you've got all these NFL personnel people in Mobile for the Senior Bowl for the practices this week. And, you know, some even stick around for the game this weekend, but more so the last few days, today, practice days. So inevitably, conversations come up. But, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, amen, Phil, right? I mean, we know personnel changes are coming. The question is how many, but yes, you know, this isn't all on Ed Donatel, even though, you know, I said I would have made the move after the Jets game heading into that Detroit game in December. Like to me, that was the time to pull the plug, you know, just make Mike Pettin at that point, the interim DC, he was already in house, but by no means am I saying this is all on Ed Donatel. I mean, the personnel needs all sorts of work. So yeah, I mean, they have all sorts of work to do. And, yeah, you'll start hearing that buzz here in the next few weeks. Yeah, because the, the Combine will, will be a, a complete free-for-all with this type of stuff. Um, and that that's where, of course, the agents show up as well, and the GMs and executives are, are there. And, shockingly, 
you get some tampering. You get some. So like, whoa, we'll, we'll what? Get some, whoa. No so way. We're going to get some. So we're going to get some. I thought that was against targets. the rules, Judd. Are you sure? You're supposed to wait for the legal tampering period, but you're going to get some tampering. I know it's incredible. There will be uh, a lots of drinks consumed at certain Indianapolis bars. St. Elmo's will be alive and well, and that's where we're going to start to hear some names as well. And and that's where, you know what, too? I'm curious, and I, and Dukes, I, I ran this by Phil and Dex a couple days ago, but the more I think about the draft, right? I wonder if O'Connell is going to tell Quazy, I would almost prefer to try to get my offensive help through the draft as well. And so, like, if we are going to make, let's say, one investment, let's say there's a, you know, a Dalvin Tomlinson-like check to be written, if that would go to the defensive side of the ball, because O'Connell is actually more comfortable identifying guys on the offensive side. So, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of differences that will now take place compared to what we grew used to with Zimmer. Um, and I think what one might be the opposite approach, which is, which is I can go get offensive guys, but we need to fill in the, the defensive guys. And in this case, could that be when the league year starts in March in free agency? I wouldn't be shocked, although this is a strong draft, defensive back, specifically corners, yeah. and with edge rushers. So you should be able to find a corner. You look at this past season, heck, look at the Chiefs, right? I mean, you just across the league, I mean... There's fourth round, fifth round, sixth round cornerbacks contributing at a pretty high level. So I'd like to think, even if it's day three, not day two or day one, that the Vikings will find a capable corner come late April in the draft. Another hurdle on Averro and Flores. We're still awaiting word on Arizona, on Indianapolis, right? So Flores remains in the mix in Arizona. Averro is in the mix in Indianapolis and yeah. Arizona. So is it possible, like, you talk to people in Denver, right? And, you know, there's a Vikings connection out there with Kelly Klein and with George Payton and others. Like, they will tell you, Averro, it's when, not if. Like, he is going to be a head coach, even though, you know, a lot of these owners are skewing toward hiring an offensive mind, not a defensive mind. That being said, just like D'Amico Ryans, like we knew a couple years ago, D'Amico Ryans, eventually was going to become a head coach. Same deal with Averro, right? So is it possible, don't know if I'd bet a whole lot of money on it, but is it possible Arizona or Indianapolis hires him as the head coach now, takes him off the board as Vikings defensive coordinator? Uh, Apparently the Colts, according to a report this morning, are doing an unprecedentedly deep search for in terms of like the, the number of hours spent with these coaches 12-hour interviews, and they're going to do – so they've whittled down through their second round, and now they're going to do potentially a third round of interviews with their head coaching candidates. Watch Ursa, them hire Jeff Saturday in the end. Ursay <laughs> wants him. That's no. the problem. They're, they're, they're desperately trying. Oh, the judge just no, freeze? No, he's good. No? He's okay. good. I'm good. I'm back. You're good. Okay. Some wish he froze, saying, but no, he's Am good. I muted? Am I muted? Is something wrong? Because I've had a bad technological week. Um, no, I, I guess – what they're concerned about there is Ursay wants Saturday. And the Colts executives are begging Ursay. They're, they're like, no, this is a terrible idea. And so I think that they're trying to like just buy time here, Phil. It's a they really were worse weird under thing. Saturday than they were under the guy they fired, Frank Reich. Saturday and Ursay are big buddies. Amazing. Jeff Saturday was actually pretty good on TV. Isn't it just best for everyone involved for him to go yes. back with Greeny and 
Dominic Foxworth 100%. on Get Up or something and go hire a real football coach. I agree. Yeah, no, he was enjoyable on, on ESPN. I'm not quite sure he'd be a train wreck as the full-time head coach, but you can do better, right? I mean, there has right. to be somebody yeah. better than Jeff Saturday, so go find that guy. But, yeah, Jed, I think your intuition is spot on that Ursay is so tight with Saturday, he needs to be talked off that ledge. Okay, pure speculation here. We can get into some Wolf stuff, too, at some point. but Reckless speculation. So we are trying to figure out what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings because it's easy to say, like, a lot of fans have said, rightfully so, well, just let him play out the last year of his contract. Well, I mean, I volunteered that, right? I mean, you know, logic says they're going to extend him short term here, but and I've said that there are some people close to Kirk anticipating that taking place. But I just told you, you know, write that down. If it ends up being wrong, hey, so be it, right? Like, I won't bet 1,000 on these predictions. But I've been saying for a couple of weeks, I'll continue to say it until, you know, told otherwise that I can see this situation just playing itself out. That Cousins plays this yeah. last year. He's a Viking here in 2023, then hits unrestricted free agency. But what my question to you then is, if because I think it makes sense for the team to say, yeah, let's play out the final year here. And we can still make it. Maybe we want to bring you back, but let's just let's play it out here. See what happens. Yeah, I mean, they could, right? If I mean, depending but, on how 23 you, goes, you, if you, you do, do that, you. you can bring him back in 24. Let me ask my question. If he if he hears that and says, well, wait a second, I'd like a little more security than that. Look what I've done for you. I put up 4000 yards a year. If the Vikings told him we're not going to extend you right now, would his reaction really be, OK, well, then I'll just play the final year. Or would he say? Well, San Francisco could use a quarterback. Would he look to, if he doesn't get the extension, would he be okay with that? And this is pure speculation. I get it. Well, I mean, it's or would reckless he push speculation Thursday. And, or, Go. And want a trade. Reckless speculation. What do you think? Oof. I have a hard time believing that deep down Kirk would go to Kevin, to Quasey, more so through his representation, Mike, and say, get me the bleep out of here. But we know, I mean, I get the San Francisco scuttle, but I mean, we know how much Kyle Shanahan loves Kirk. You know, John Lynch has gone on record going back a couple of years saying how much the Niners, you know, were interested in Kirk. You look at the Niners quarterback situation this year. Why wouldn't Kyle want Kirk? Somebody that's incredibly durable. Kirk is Mr. Iron Man. He doesn't miss yeah. games due to injury. The Niners have a Super Bowl ready made roster, right? I mean, the Niners aren't slowing down. The Niners are going to be in Super Bowl contention next season. But who is going to be the quarterback? Will it be Brock Purdy? Will it be Trey Lance? Right? We know now it won't be, I don't think, Tom Brady, although I guess weirder things have happened. But I think this retirement is legit this second time around, right? Because that was the easy you know, dots to connect, right? Hey, Tom Brady, Northern California native. Hey, his last year or last couple of years, go play with the Niners. But now with Tom Brady retired, who will be the Niners quarterback? So I'm not suggesting like, hey, let's put it to bed. I mean, it fits the narrative of today, right? Reckless speculation Thursday. But yeah, I mean, if Kirk is going to be traded, the Niners make all sorts of sense. But I still, until I hear that the Wilfs are ready to hit some sort of reset button, I just don't know if we're going he, he, there. I really he, don't. Here's the other thing. If you're just from an asset management standpoint, they've already let all these veterans like erode their trade value, right? You can't really trade Kendricks. You can't really trade really. I mean, Dalvin, Adam Thielen, you probably can't trade Adam Thielen, right? So Kirk, you Cousins, might be able to trade you, Dalvin if you want to, if you, 
if I agree, third, fourth round pick, if you've decided, okay, we're not going to extend Cousins, this is the last year of Cousins, then wouldn't you go the extra step and say, well, then we should, my God, the guy is still valuable. Some team gave up a third round pick for Matt Ryan's corpse a year ago. Well, you what about get the Carson Wentz trade? All <laughs> right. What, so if you've decided from an asset management standpoint, if you've decided we're not going to extend him, we're going to play one more year of Kirk, shouldn't you just go the next step and get something of value that you can use for the next five years, a second-round draft pick or something? I mean, you can make the case. He have to wait I don't think it's clause. illogical. I don't think it's nuts. I'm just saying until I hear otherwise, Phil, I just don't know. And I'm not suggesting that there might be some support for an idea like that in Egan. But it goes all the way up to ownership. And until I hear otherwise on the ownership level, I just don't know if we're getting there. But I understand connecting those dots. I really do. Right? Like, if Kirk is going to get traded, the Niners make as much sense as anybody. And I don't even think it's all that close. I I just think that there's a better chance, Doogie, given what you're talking about with the Wilfs, that Kirk Cousins is extended for another year through 2024 than than traded. Uh, Quasi could make that case. But here's my so here's my opinion on sort on like the potential for a a teardown because the term competitive rebuild is sort of like what what is that exactly like that's that's sort of how you define it but I'm not exactly sure teardown I I think we can get our arms around more but my feeling about that is if that was the plan like if Quazy was going to go into go to the Wilfs and say you know what we should trade Kirk blah blah blah. I think Ryan Poles would have the job here right now. And so, you know, Quazy was hired partially because he just agreed to, okay, if this is what you want, I'll do it. And it, and it worked. That's the thing too. You know what? We're probably not talking enough about the fact that the Wilfs probably feel more emboldened than ever because yes, the first round playoff loss was disappointing, but they won 13 games. And a lot of us were like, no, 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 you know, start like at least, at least do a partial reset. And there, and and I believe it was Mark Wilf, the day that uh, Spielman and Zim were fired, who used the term competitive rebuild. We want to do this while being competitive. And so I think all signs point to this being very difficult for the Wilfs to take the steps that we're talking about, even though I think what we're talking about makes a hell of a lot of sense. And if I was a billionaire and owned the team, I might do those things, or I would do those things. I mean, the reality, Phil, is like when you win 13, as Judge just laid out, like you just, you don't completely tear it down. We get it. There's going to have to be some tear down, but you don't completely tear it down. It would have been much easier. Now, based on a negative point differential, they should have been nine and eight or eight and nine. But when you win 13 games, I, hear you. Okay. I just, yeah. And I'm not even saying I'm anti it. Like I was on board this time I last know. year. With tearing it down pretty good. Let's not forget that. Uh, but I'm I just don't sense, right? It's it's different from what I think compared to what the Wilfs think. And I just don't get the sense the Wilfs are ready to do that. Yeah, I just, I'm not even like demanding that they trade Cousins. I'm just saying, I don't think, I think they go year to year and just like cobble together a roster every year. They don't have like a three or five year plan. They don't have, well, they I mean, they do, vision. whether it's, you know, able to be fully executed but i mean they absolutely do have that i can promise you it just feels like every year the last five years it's been okay let's we're we're way over the cap let's try and get under the cap to get a couple free agents kick more money into the future and players get older 
They just they they need. I'm not saying a rebuild. They're on the diff, on the defensive side. There needs to be a reset. Absolutely. I want younger players, faster players, and I think they're I think they're going to do that. And my guess is Judd's probably right. They probably do extend Cousins for another year through 2024, and they let him know at some point we're probably going to draft a guy. They might replace you, so don't be caught off guard. But asset management. You can't just let players that were Pro Bowl players get old, have no value and then leave your team, and you get no draft pick compensation back unless you're winning, I was going to say Super Bowls. How about, like, getting to the NFC Championship game once in a while, you know? Like, that's, that's like, they're they're doing the things that, like, a Super Bowl contender would do with their roster, but they're not anywhere near Super Bowl contention. So that's my beef, I guess, is just have a little bit more of a realistic look at what's happening here, Vikings. Well, I mean, that's a fair we'll beef. See. My beef would be you need to hit on some guys in the draft on defense that's who it's been a, i mean yeah, it's been a clown you know cam show. bynum's okay but really we need to go back to what the hunter kendrick's draft what he, year was that phil was that 15 hunter kendrick's trey waynes and um there was also another starter in that draft i think it was 15 yeah 2015 okay so we need to go that far back for impactful yes defensive players drafted by this franchise mm-hmm. i mean that's the issue right there Yes. With and all due respect to, to Cam Bynum, I like Cam Bynum, and you know he was converted from a cornerback. Well, I think there's the guy, still a dude. ceiling he can get to at the safety position. Yeah, but with all due respect to Cam Bynum, like him, really impactful defensive dude, players. Diggs. We Stephon need to go Diggs back eight in that years. Jugs in that draft, they drafted Trey Waynes, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter, and Stefan Diggs. Since then, we did this exercise a couple days ago on Purple. Since then, they've drafted 75 players. Four high impact players that you would say like are cornerstone players out of seventy five. So Darosaw, who else is on that list? Jefferson, yeah, Jefferson, Brian O'Neill, Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that's about it. So the thing too is, and, and I don't think that this is unfair if the Wills begin to expect this. But to go back to what you talked about, Dukes with the Chiefs, you also need guys to step in and play immediately now. So like this, like we're we're conditioned now to well, you know, and, and look, I'm not saying that Quazy's first draft is a dud already. It didn't look good, but but yeah, but well, I mean, for one year it was me, right. Doesn't right. mean that's the final chapter on it. It could be very good moving forward, but, but for 2022, it was a dud. In. Lewis C needs to step in. He's a first round pick. I mean, the Chiefs got guys from the sixth and seventh round that are playing right now, contributing to a team. That's in the Super Bowl. So it's not like this out-of-line thing, especially at certain positions, to expect a guy to step in and replace a guy. Um, and if you don't do that, I don't know how you build depth. Well, I mean, I'm still upset about Kyle Hamilton, especially after the year he had in Baltimore. Oh yeah. Right? Like, you went safety in the first round. How yeah. do you bypass the consensus best safety? Like, that one still... That one still gets to me. Like, you didn't need to do all this maneuvering, right? You could have just stayed at pick 12. You could have landed Kyle Hamilton. He was so good for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into, by the way, presented by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Here. Let's get into some Wolves speculation, uh, Declan. And you and I are big Reckless golf geeks. The Pebble Beach Pro-Am is a good place to uh, <laughs> to get some sweat on through Underdog. 
Yeah, you can get a little sweat on a bunch of these uh, different picks. Is I, uh, Bill Murray on? Does, he's is, not. Does Underdog have Bill Murray on? I okay. I looked. Uh, just just most of the pro, uh, the pros are on here. So I, I'm actually gonna. I know Tom Hoagie. Uh, I believe he won Pebble last year. But I, I'm gonna take a couple bogeys on these guys here. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna ride out these bogeys. Davis Riley, not a great putter either. This uh, this gave me some luck last week in an Underdog Fantasy, which is the best and easiest way to play. Fantasy sports, even mixing maybe an Anthony Edwards prop in this if you wanted to. Uh, go download the Underdog Fantasy app, and for first-time users, use promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Show us those winning slips, too, at Score North at Dex Tweets. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. Awesome. All right, Dukes, what can you tell us? speculation. About the week leading up to the trade deadline here. The Wolves have... D'Angelo Russell, who's going to be a free agent. Nas Reed was dominant last night. The Wolves are 6-2 and two when he starts, by the way. He's going to be a free agent. Um, I don't know. What do you what do you think they're thinking about right now in this, in this next week? Well, I mean, we're at that point. Yeah, one week from today, Thursday afternoon, February 9th, is the trade deadline. They, like a lot of teams, are making calls, taking calls. I will tell you, they've told teams that are interested in Torian Prince, it will take a first-round pick. Now, you know, I'm relaying that because that's coming from another team's front office, somebody I trust who has given me rock-solid information for a decade plus, but that seems to be the asking price on a lot of these guys. Hey, give me a first-round pick, then in the end you end up trading the guy, or you don't, but if you trade the guy, it's not a first-round pick. It's like two second-round picks or three second-round picks. I'll be surprised if, if they move... Torian Prince. There absolutely is interest in Bones Highland from Denver. I was told not that Denver is like completely against making a trade with Tim Connolly, but that Denver ownership looks at it like, hey, like, do we really want to make a move with our guy that left us? Like, okay, maybe if it's a clear win on our end. Interesting. But like, would we really want to move them Bones? But like, I think the coaching staff is maybe a bit more inclined to move bones, maybe even the front office, but I don't know if ownership is inclined to move bones. But, you know, Tim Connolly drafted him in Denver. So, I mean, there's clear interest in Bones Highland. I heard Denver was looking for more of a three slash four. You know, Jeff Green likely not back next year. Bruce Brown likely not back. So they could use somebody that could help right now, but then under contractual control for next season, like Torian Prince. You know, some people have volunteered. What about Nas Reed for Bones Highland? Now, coming off, you're right, Phil. I mean, he was brilliant last night. I mean, coming off last night, like, you're not making that move. And I don't have a sense the Wolves would make that move. But I just, I've yet to hear that Denver is interested in Nas Reed. Not that they don't like the player, but they're just, they're looking for more of a wing. Somebody that can help that way as opposed to a four slash Five, But yeah, I mean, Nas Reed, I mean, that's a fascinating situation. The Wolves have tried, Phil, going back months to extend him. You can have those conversations right now. You know, there's all sorts of different rules with the NBA when you can talk to a guy about a contract extension when you can't. But right now, the Wolves can have dialogue with his representation, try to extend him. Phil, I imagine those talks will go right up until February 9th. By the way, if a trade happened with Denver... The Wolves play Denver on Sunday, then on Tuesday. I can promise you, if anything happens with Denver, it's not happening before Tuesday night. Like, if it happens with Denver, it's Wednesday or Thursday morning right up until the deadline. Like, Denver's not making a trade as they're about to play the Wolves Sunday and Tuesday. 
a back to back. But right now, a, like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up in the end like it did last year, right? I mean, Sachin Gupta made all sorts of calls. You know, there were some opportunities to make some trades. Montrez Harrell, I remember, was somebody yeah. very much on their radar this time last year. But in the end, Gupta didn't pull the trigger. I guess I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the Wolves ultimately just stand pat, look at it and say, okay, Jordan McLaughlin back in a week or so until I hear otherwise Cat will be back at some point. Let's see what we can do with this full roster. Like we've proven we can play with the best in the West, right? We've defeated Memphis. We've defeated Denver. We've defeated Golden State. Like, hey, let's give ourselves a chance here. Let's just get in, right? I mean, is home court advantage that big of a deal? Let's just get in, take our chances that way. I tweeted it last night, and I'll stick by it. Like, I think in mid-April, if we look back and say the Wolves missed the play-in tournament, which I think is realistic, they just they play better against better teams. So even though they have the third toughest remaining schedule the rest of the way, you know, they play better when they're not playing Detroit, Houston, San Antonio, or Charlotte. So this tough schedule, I think, can be a good thing. I think they can get to 42, 43 wins. And I think this is just one of those weird years. Like, if you get to 43 and 39, I think maybe more so 42 and 40. But if they get to 43 and 39, I think you can get to six. Like, I think you could avoid the play-in tournament. I think we would look back at last night's game when you're down 14 points early fourth quarter. Not sure anybody thought the Wolves would come back and win that game. I think that's one of those wins we'll look back and say, if they end up missing the play-in and just make the playoffs, I think that's one of those wins we'll look back at and say, okay, that was a key to them not being the 7 or the 8 seed. Yeah. Give us uh, rapid-fire scoops here to to wrap things up, dudes. What else you got? Sure. So I know we have some presence down in Mobile with Tyler, with Thor, with my guy Matt, and you know, just texting with some people down in Mobile, not those guys, more so guys that, that work for teams. Two guys that are absolutely shining, have Twin Cities ties. So John Michael Schmitz, former Gopher Center, and from Maple Grove High School, former Northwestern running back, Evan Hall. So nice to see two guys with local ties performing very well this week in Mobile. Miguel Sano, the former twin, will have a free agent showcase in Tampa next Tuesday. Still think it'll be tough for him to get a major league contract. Still think he's looking at some sort of minor league deal, invite to big league spring training, try to win a job that way. But teams are invited to a free agent workout for Miguel Sano next Tuesday. I still don't think he'll end up back in Minnesota. I don't even think the Twins will attend that workout, but we'll wait and see on that front. I checked again on Michael Fulmer this morning. Crickets, crickets, crickets. You know, unless oh, something yeah. drastically changes, Michael Fulmer is going to be a free agent still in a couple weeks when spring training opens. Hey, Dukes, on John Michael Schmitz, what is the working theory about how high could he possibly go? Like, as his stock continues to rise, early second round, late first round now? Well, I mean, I I look at last year. I mean, you know, the Iowa Center, he ended up in Baltimore, right? Heck, Declan, can you Google that real quick? Tyler L. Lindenbaum. Lindenbaum, yeah. What pick was he last year? I mean, I would think that would be the comp, right? I mean, if you have the clear-cut number one center – you're looking in that, you know, 23 to 39, 45 type range. So, yeah, he was the 25th. Yeah, late pick. first. Okay. Yeah, so, he was Linderbaum, the 25th, 25th pick. So, overall. all right. So, I mean, that's the sweet spot for the Vikings, right? I mean, depending on what takes place with Garrett Bradbury, that's the sweet spot for the Vikings, pick 23. Like, I don't think it's outlandish to suggest. What about John Michael Schmitz 
at pick 23. I spent time with John Michael last week. He's training with Alex Boone, former NFL center AQ Shipley. So he's doing a lot of his combine training here in the Twin Cities. So I had a chance to watch him work out, spend some time with him after the workout. He is unbreakable. You talk to Boone, Phil, you talk to Boone all the time. Do a deep dive on Schmitz with Boone in the near future. Maybe you have already, but they have tried to break him, him and AQ Shipley. They have not been able to break him. And you know how intense Alex Boone is, right? Like he can break a lot of people. He's He's yet to break John Michael Schmitz. (laughs) Didn't break Declan. He he, he tried. He couldn't break Declan. He did. He could physically break him, I bet. Yeah. Well, yeah, he could he could do that to all three of us. But mentally, that one was tough. But yeah, John Michael Schmitz is the real deal. Yeah. Speculation. Awesome, Dukes. All right. All right, boys. Happy reckless speculation. Okay, Phil. All the best with your travels. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be uh, collecting those Heggie's pizzas for your uh, son's fundraiser here soon. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay. That's uh, that's Mackie and Judd here. Reckless speculation Thursday today. Uh, over on Purple Daily, Judd's going to give us, we're going to start sprinkling in some Vikings free agent ideas here. Mm. Just a little seasoning. Mm. Just a little, not all of them, just a few little names here and there. I saw a Vikings Wire article. Judd Zolgad is just a Picasso with the pen when it comes to sports writing. Vikingswire.com. Magic fingers. <laughs> it goes from here to here, and it's nothing but brilliance. Oh, how do I not have amazing. some, how is this wall not filled with Writing awards. That's my know. only question. One of the most, uh, mm. just an, an undiscovered savant of sports writing, <laughs> Judd Zolgat. <laughs> See you guys tomorrow.